So here we are on the Pretty Okay Gamers podcast again. <laughs> we are back. We're back. Uh, another week, another, I don't know, dollar. That's not, that expression doesn't work anymore for me. We, we it's didn't not a dollar. We didn't skip last week, did we? No, no. No, it's another week, right? I think, I think so. so. I, I don't know. I can't keep track. All the days are the same. It's true. Especially now that I'm, you know, taking a couple days of vacation, which is always nice. Every oh. day feels like... That's not I don't fair. know Sunday. <laughs> maybe I sh- maybe I should take a vacation. <laughs> That's a good idea. You should. Your vacation would be awesome because I'm sure that you would play a lot of video games. Yeah, probably a lot of one video game. <laughs> oh, can't guess what that would be. Mm-mm. All right. Well, here we are at the show. Um, I guess we usually do things on this show, so I guess we'll follow those same things. Do, do we um, need to introduce ourselves again? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot since we did that once already. Um, <laughs> I should say that I'm Josh. <laughs> and I'm Ed. Did, did, did and we that do is that? called did, breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. Did, did we already mention that? I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm having a bad short-term nope, memory day. Nope. I completely forgot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. That's me. So um, here we are again. And uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it because I don't have a great segue and I can't think fast enough. So let's do collecting corner with a K. Yay. Yay. So it's, do you it's have mostly... anything that you collected this weekend? Should, should we just start calling it Ed's collecting corner? <laughs> I think maybe we should. <laughs> There's going to um, be like, you know, a run of nine episodes where then I have things that I collected, which will never happen. But that's how it would go if we actually named it ed's collecting corner with a k so so yeah um probably about a few months ago i had ordered some genshin merchandise and um, wow yeah so they have this uh uh coffee mug that is shaped like one of the bombs um that one of the characters uses in the game oh yeah Um, that like cute little puppy looking bomb thing um no not 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 not, Am- okay. not Amber's bomb. It's actually Klee's bomb. Oh. Um, it's called the Dumpty bomb. <laughs> and uh it's cute um but it has like a little lid on top of it um that you can remove and you know it's just a typical coffee cup. So I always drink coffee and I like having cool coffee mugs so that was something I got, I got to look forward to. There you go. That's awesome. And then I got three acrylic stands of um three of the characters from the game that uh i really enjoy uh okay on, no judgment which characters sound. are these um gene <laughs> mona and beto nice you know because Je- you know they're they're good looking right you appreciate their personalities <laughs> and their um yes, artistic for yeah. sure right for sure yeah makes sense um i also think that gene is very um, smart and talented. That's I agree. Gene actually, awesome. I actually use her a lot in my party. Believe it. Or nice. Not. I didn't even know you could use her in a party, so that's cool. Yeah, she's one of the. Um, I'm not five... that far in the game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's one of the five star characters that you can get if you're lucky. That's cool. You are lucky. That is one thing about that game, and you is that you are very lucky. Yeah. Yes. That's actually. Uh, that's actually true. <laughs> I think you're cheating. I think you're actually I'm not, cheating. I'm actually not. Uh, but like recently uh, I rolled and got the new character, like on the first try. Um, that's crazy. And then, yeah, I recently got her weapon as well. 
fairly easily. Are you sure that you're podcasting from your home and weren't kicked out by your roommate who's very upset with you? Oh, I'm, yeah, she she was. But she got she eventually got the character, too, but okay. she, she doesn't have the weapon. All right. I just want to make sure she's getting taken care of and you're not taking it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking out for her. Um, that's good. So what else did you receive at all? If there's more. That, um, yeah, for this week, I think that was pretty much it. I haven't gotten any new Final Fantasy merchandise or anything. But... That's cool. I would like to see pictures of those when you receive them. Of the... Did you receive them? Yeah. Yeah. I received them uh, like a few days ago. Nice. Yeah, so the the acrylic stands or whatever. Yeah, I, I'll have to That'd take awesome. pictures and send them to you. Nice. I, um, <clears throat> as usual, have not collected anything this week, so that's wonderful. Um, I did collect a game that I, I'm using collect in loose terms here uh, that I will talk about as one of my three games that we I played this week when we get there, which is probably next. But other than that, no, not a thing. Nothing here. So. All good. Is it is it the game that um <laughs> you were debating for like several days on? Yes, but see see that is uh a typical thing for me. <laughs> yeah, I would have done I, I would have done the same thing. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So that's I it takes me forever to make stupid decisions on games buying and things like that. Even though it's really not that much money. Um, yeah, it takes me forever. So I'm just that way, I guess. Um, awesome. Well, speaking of those games, why don't you go ahead and talk about speaking of those games? So you want me to go first? Is that what I heard? Yeah, I think I went first last week, so I think you (laughs) should remember. I yeah, I I have that weird gift, I guess, where I remember stupid stuff like that. (laughs) Ah. Well, I don't. Um, let's see. Uh, so I will go from the top, which, of course, is the same thing I say every week, which is a little bit of Witcher 3. Yes, I played more. Um, still playing the game. I definitely think that it's it's in the ending part. I was unsure last time where I was at, but I'm pretty sure it's in the ending now. I, I, thought, um, I thought you were at the end. It wasn't at the end last time. It was just that I think that I'm winding down and I believe that that is actually becoming true because I'm actually getting through some of the quests that is seems that way. So I don't want to spoil anything or say too much, but um, yes, I think finally (laughs) I'm getting there and and I'm only at hours. Let's see, 154, 155, somewhere in there. I can't even keep track anymore. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. I'm just enjoying it. I still enjoy it. It's still fantastic, um, even after that long. And I've already said too much about it because I say the same things every week. So moving on to the next game, which I actually mentioned last week as well, is Control. And I mean, this can this game continues to be fantastic. It's so well done. And um, I think I mentioned to you over text this evening that it plays like a 3D Metroidvania, which I mean that in the best way possible. So it, is it like Metroid Prime? No. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's not actually like a Metroid game or a Castlevania game in terms of what it looks like in your playing or what you're doing. Just as insofar as it's not really open world in the truest sense of the word. And there's gates like parts of the game world are gated off by items that you collect. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
you have to remember where to go back and find something or explore everywhere that you can and then follow the missions. And um, so in that way is what I meant, that it's um, Metroidvania. But the the gameplay is just so good and the combat is fantastic. I mean, you start out... So I'm I'm not really spoiling too much in saying that it's a... Um, how do you put it? It's not really a horror game it's more of like a thriller game and um lots of supernatural things and so you're this woman entering for her own reasons into the bureau of control which is like a government agency which is not what it appears when you enter and um the bottom line is that she has supernatural abilities and so you gain more of these abilities as you go on just like metroid and castlevania where as you go on you get more items and things that give you more abilities Mm -hmm. so you know i'm up to the part where not only now can i just throw items with my mind like telekinesis i can also now create a shield of items around me you know as things are firing at me and shooting at me i can shield myself with you know bits of the floor or chairs or desks you know from the from surrounding me so it's it's just a blast and um it's so the the combat is so varied and fun as you're moving along it's just quick and um very dynamic and choices that you have to make and the levels and the types of enemies it's just so well done so um highly recommend that one i would recommend from what i've read to play it on a a good PC or just a PC or one of the next gen consoles like PlayStation five or um, X. What's the other one? Xbox something, something. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I just, slash call it, S. I just call it Xbox. <laughs> I don't even bother with the, yeah. Whatever the newest Xbox is yeah. that I can't remember. Cause they named them terribly. Um, so I would recommend those because it, on the PlayStation five, it's smooth as butter, but you do again, in this case, it's obvious that it was made for the PlayStation 4 beforehand. You do have to choose between the graphics looking amazing or the uh, high frame rate. Um, and apparently it's a beast on the older consoles and, you know, it's not smooth and very choppy. So definitely pick it up on next gen or play it on PC. It's <laughs> the bottom line, which so- I feel like is a lot of things we say lately. <laughs> So I have to I have to admit something. Like I know you and Justin mentioned this game before. Yeah. And like I didn't really think much of it. And now I'm actually like looking at the game and it looks pretty cool. It's awesome. Yeah, like, it's a lot of fun. I don't understand why I'm not playing this. Yeah, you should be. You really should be. Like I didn't I yeah. didn't think anything of it until you told me like, oh, it's it's like Metroidvania, and then my ears kind of perked up like what? Yeah. And the cool part is you collect um, like case files or um, notes, field notes from agents, um, and and you can read them all. And it's just a, a fun thing to collect as you're moving through this game world. And you know, I'm not ruining too much still by saying that the shtick of it is that you enter this um, bureau of control. Wait, is it called? I can't remember. It's it's a government agency which ends in control. Um, federal bureau of federal bureau bureau oh my goodness of control and it looks like a normal building right at the beginning that she walks into but from the beginning you realize right away that it's like a a super dimensional portal to all kinds of different crazy stuff that happens (laughs) so it's really really cool and and not it's not like horror or scary but it also is creepy and just so fun to move through and just explore this building 
basically that isn't a building. So um, I, I love it. I absolutely love this game. It's it's definitely one of the best games of last year for sure, if not you know one of the best in a while. So um, highly recommend. It also you know it, it's good. The pacing is really well done and it's more linear it's not like open world like i mentioned in the truest sense so it's you know a little bit more focused which you know after playing 154 hours of the witcher it just feels really nice in a breath of fresh fresh air so highly mm-hmm. recommend and then uh after that i picked up a game and i don't want to talk too much about it because i want to get to what you've been playing but um i did see that assassin's creed valhalla went on sale for $35 this last week, which was really, you know, well into the strike zone, I would say. I've been kind of waiting on this one. It looked really good in a lot of ways to me, but I need another open world RPG game like I need a hole in the head. And um, (laughs) so even though it was Vikings and I'm really into that time period, the Dark Ages and stuff, like it's, it, 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 from what all accounts, it's gigantic. It's a massive game, and it's a slog. Um, I told myself if I picked it up, I wouldn't really care about finishing it or getting through too much of it. I just wanted to enjoy it and play it and, you know, kind of live and thrive in that world and then be done with it. So anyway, bottom line is it it dropped down, and then I saw it again at $30, so I bought it. And um, I played a few hours, or not a few hours, oh my goodness, like an hour and then went back to control but um it's it's really good and i just wanted something else on my playstation 5 that i could you know see in all of its glory in all of its playstation 5 glory so that is this game it does just like everything else that i've played on the playstation 5 have the same switch between you know graphics mode or performance mode um all of these games i i prefer performance that's just me i, I even run my pc that way so um yeah Anyway, it's it's good so far. I really enjoy it. I just haven't gotten a lot of time with it. Um, but uh, so far, it looks great. It's the first Assassin's Creed game I've bought since the second one. And they lost my interest with the third one. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think this means I'll be playing Assassin's Creed games from now on. But um, I, just this one set in this world with this style just, I don't know, caught my attention. So here we are. Yeah, see, I I played the first one, and then I don't I didn't care for it as much, so I never got to play the second one, which everybody raved about. Um, yeah. So I never really got into the series as much, and I know you said this one really isn't so much about Assassin's Creed; it's just kind of like its own thing. Yes. Yeah. So <clears throat> there was the first one, which more it felt more like a tech demo to me than mm-hmm. anything. It was didn't even feel like a complete game. Um, yeah, but it was interesting and interesting to see what they did. Um, and that, and for that reason, I enjoyed it, but then I played the second one, which felt like their real first game. And that was fantastic. Just absolutely great. But the third one had mixed reviews and I was just like, I'm, I don't need another same game. You know, I'm good. Um, what has started to interest me with these games now is that they are not Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> They are Assassin's Creed insofar as they are titled Assassin's Creed. And then after that, it's like just a standard open world RPG that you can play however you want, which is funny to me. And so once they switched to that, I actually became more interested in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, Assassin's Creed Origins um, was assassin it seemed like, but again, more of an open world RPG. And 
Odyssey right after that was even more so, where it really had nothing to do with the Assassins other and the Templars other than to say, here's where they started, I guess. And it was more about, you know, I don't know, God of War style combat put together with a, an RPG system in a massive open world. And um, so that I, I've been kind of eyeing Odyssey for a long time for like a really good price. And I still haven't gotten there yet, but I just I keep keeping I keep my eye on it all the time. But uh, Valhalla had me at the word Viking, so um, I still find it funny they name these games Assassin's Creed, but it's uh, very much not that. <laughs> so yeah, I've talked too much about what I played. I was hoping to keep it short, and I didn't. So now, <laughs> why don't you tell me what you played, Ed? <laughs> well, let's see. It shouldn't be a surprise that I've been playing more Genshin Impact. What? No. Yeah, I know. It's Oh my goodness. This still, is your Witcher 3 for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is never going to end. <laughs> but uh and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's part of my daily routine, I guess. I don't know, maybe it, maybe I shouldn't even count it anymore. <laughs> That's pretty awesome though. I can't believe they keep going with it. It's amazing. Anyway, tell us what you've been doing in it. Um, well, I know they just recently came out with a new character. Uh, so I recently got that character, which is Hu Tao. Um, I, I know I mentioned before that they weren't going to reveal her because of uh, conflicts with uh, Chinese New Year. And um, just because they're not supposed to talk about ghosts and stuff around that yeah. time. So um, she's the funeral director in the game. So that's they came, funny. Yeah, she's <laughs> actually pretty cool. Um her her quest came out as well, which is was a lot of fun to do. I found it very interesting. Um, don't want to spoil it for anyone, but um, it deals with being, you know, a funeral director and her dealing with <laughs> the dead, basically. Um, on top of that, too, there was a new weapon banner that came out, which I was also lucky enough to get. Um, so, yeah, I've got her weapon, her. I also got... Luke's weapon, so I've been spending some time just um, uh, leveling them up and uh, just getting artifacts and stuff for them to gear them up because I, I do want to actually use her because she's a lot of fun to play. Um, That's cool. But yeah, not I won't like spend too much time on Genshin Impact because usually it's a lot of the same. Um, <laughs> and plus I'll talk about it later because there's some news updates I wanted to go over. Um, other than that, uh, there's two other games that I started playing recently um, just because I had purchased them recently over the Christmas break. And I thought, hey, you know, I actually I bought these games on sale. I should probably actually play them. <laughs> so <laughs> story of my life. Yeah. So I started playing um, Persona 4 was was one of them. And I'm not super far into it. Um I do enjoy it. It just, it hasn't grabbed me quite yet. I tend to do that if I'm playing multiple games is I'll usually favor one over the other. Yeah, um, same. So I ended up favoring Final Fantasy 12, which uh, I think I've put in about 11 hours into. Um, I'm not super far. And part of those 11 hours is because one night I fell asleep with the game on. Because <laughs> um, the music was just so soothing, it just put, it made me fall asleep. Um, so I fell asleep playing on my couch that night, and I woke up, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, the game's still running," you know. But uh, 
I really enjoy it just because it's based off of, well, I wouldn't say based. It takes place in the same universe as uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. It just yes. takes place in the future. Um, so that was, uh, that was a real grab for me. Um, I don't know, though, because like <sighs> there are other Final Fantasy games that I enjoy playing. And this one, um, I don't know. There's something about it that's not pulling me in all the way just yet uh i don't know if it's the characters but um you know as i'm playing it more i'm i'm kind of getting more invested into it uh, the story does seem interesting even though it does seem more political than uh you know your basic fantasy game um the one thing i do like is the gambit system and i think it's yeah, interesting I really like that about it yeah <laughs> it makes the game like play itself basically um the thing that I find interesting about it is that system was later used for other Square games. Um, for example, Kingdom Hearts, they have uh, a system that's very similar to that whole Gambit system, but it's more refined, I think, in Kingdom Hearts. Um, and you can use that to, you know, make Donald and Goofy do things correctly. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's the same kind of thing where, like, you don't, get all the choices right away you have to play through the game and they unlock choices for like if your hp is a certain percentage then they'll heal you things like that um yeah i had to fix one of my characters because first time i was playing the gambits um balthier like i had him set to use potions but i didn't <laughs> i didn't set it for an hp percentage it just said oh, any boy. it just said any ally. So every time <laughs> every time I was starting combat, he was just throwing all these potions at me and I'm like, why is he wasting all my potions? And of course then I figured out why. But I just thought it was funny because like every time I would attack something, he'd just sit there and instead of attacking <laughs> stuff, he'd just throw potion after potion at me. It's like I'm not even like less than ten percent and he's healing me. I I didn't understand it, but uh. Yeah. It's funny. Well, just to explain a little bit about the Gambit system, for those that don't know, it's kind of like, I don't know, scripting language for your characters, so they yeah. like play themselves, basically. Yeah. But it's, it's like all your characters. It's it's basically <laughs> like setting an if-then statement for... Exactly. Or like some kind of conditional statement for them to follow. With lots of else's, depending on how much you unlock, you know? Yeah. If-then, else, <clears throat> else, else. <laughs> right. And then you have to set um, priorities. So if you usually want to put healing above attacking just so like they're not always attacking and then ignoring the fact that you're dying. Yes. Yeah. I really liked that whole thing because um, I liked the fact that, fact that I understood it well enough to set all of my characters the way I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that was fun to manage that and build it. And then once I built it, it was fun to run around and just have them destroy things or kill things. And yeah. Um, I really liked that whole, I don't know, it was like the random battles without random battles, because you can see all the monsters on the map, so you're just running around and just letting them attack and kill things and driving where they're going. So I really liked the way it played. It was a lot of fun. And it's it's funny, because I know a lot of people say that it's like playing Final Fantasy XI, um, but for me, I didn't really feel that way. For me, it felt more like, you know, the predecessor to Kingdom Hearts. Um, you know, that, that style of, of gameplay as far as the Gambit system. 
Um, yeah. By no means can you jump around and swing Keyblade or anything. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, you can definitely see the progression that Square was going from... Um, Can you hold on one second? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, so many interruptions tonight. <laughs> Cat just like knocked a whole bunch of stuff off the table. You don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they they were playing with a uh, an Aldi bag because you know usually when I shop, as you do, yeah, I give them the bag to play with, and <laughs> they haven't played with it for like a few days, and all of a sudden it's interesting, so they wanted to play with it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, where was I? Uh keyblade, no keyblade. Um, uh, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So uh, what I think is really interesting is just the the progression that Square's games have gone as far as their combat systems, and you can definitely see it with, with 12, um, you know, coming from Final Fantasy X, where it was their, like, last turn-based game, and then, you know, 11, which was the MMO, and then you go into 12, which is when they were slowly trying to transition into whatever their games are nowadays which um <laughs> yeah. you know it's more more action based but at the same time tries to retain that turn based style quality so yeah i i heard this last week that um though sony is never in any real danger in japan that there's been a lot of waning uh interest in video games outside of really Nintendo in Japan. And so that's a big reason why Square is shifting a lot of what it's doing to more Western-style audiences. Um, really? I don't know if any of that's really true, uh, but I, I, I think it's evident in the progression that you're even talking about, where after 11, it went to 12, and then from 12, which was more action-y, and you set up your characters to act in certain ways as you run around and see everything on the map, and there's no transition to combat, then you go to 13, where they attempted to make some kind of action-based RPG style, uh, even though it was still menu-based. It was, it was such a weird amalgamation of the two styles. Um, that really didn't work out for a lot of people. I, I enjoyed it from like the character side of it, but it's not a great game. Um, yeah. And then, you know, 14, they did the MMO, which uh, they had to rebuild from the ground up. And then 15 was an action RPG. And then after that, you have 7 Remake, which is 100% an action RPG. Um, it's, it, it's definitely in their interest, it seems like, to be shifting to more Western style um, RPG, which is interesting to me because. Um, I, I just would have thought, I don't know. I, I feel like this is all anecdotal, but I felt like they were on the ropes after 13 and just trying to figure out where to put their foot down and get grounded. And 14 came out and just was panned and they had to rebuild it basically. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> and then 15 was in a similar boat where it was like, okay, um, there's parts of it. Like if you play through it from what I understand, based on what you've told me that, get amazing but you really have to push through 
well, to it's, get there. It's a lot better now than when it launched. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that too. They've, that's a really good point. They've made a lot of changes to it. Not like super drastic, but changes yeah. for the better. So it's pretty interesting stuff. I don't know. And maybe it'll, uh, we could talk more about it in our actual topic. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, um, I, I think one thing about 15, just to comment on it is that game yeah. originally was supposed to be final fantasy 13 verses. That's so interesting to me. Yeah. The, just the progression of what they were thinking and the projects they were doing and deciding on mm-hmm. just, I just such a weird time for them. It still is in a lot of ways. I mean, seven remake came out and it was, you know, arguably a success. Um, not arguably. I mean, it is a success. They sold millions of copies, but some people still think that it's not great or didn't play it because it's so different from the original. But like, even now I'm like, okay, what's your next move? Like, what does the next game look like for you guys? And, you know, we've seen 16 in previews, but, and I'm super excited about it, but again, it's an action based RPG. So, um, it's very interesting. I will say too, about 12 is, um, as I'm playing it, I'm running into um, various, I guess you'd say artistic things in the game that I currently see all the time in 14. And then I can be like, oh, hey, they use that from 12 and 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard that there's some, especially one of the races, I can't remember their name, the bunny one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> Isn't in that 14. In 14? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And then um, the wolves The Vanille, are... is that what they're called? The Vanille? Uh, oh, you, you're talking about the bunny people? Yes. Yeah, the Viera. Yeah. Viera. Viera, thank you. Um, and then to the wolves that are in that game, I noticed that there's other same wolves that are in Dissidia. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, what else did you play, Ed? <laughs> Speaking that, that of was, things that you played. Yeah, that was it. Those were my three. Unless you, um, unless you count um, the Deedlet game that I already kind of have to wait for them to release more content for because I finished it. Did you talk about Persona 4? Did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, gosh, I'm I'm going to fall asleep. Okay, um, that's not true. I just can't. I don't know what's going on. So we have talked about games. <laughs> yeah, I briefly, very briefly went over Persona 4. Um, that's right. You did. So my bad. Um, so... Let's take a break, because obviously I need it, and then we'll uh, talk about an actual topic. (laughs) All right, sounds good. (laughs) We'll be right back. And we're back, and hopefully I can remember the things that we did five minutes ago. (laughs) Um, Wait, are we starting the show? Oh boy, here we go. Show started. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did we start the show? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so a topic. Um, what kind of topic should we talk about? Oh, actually, let's talk about the news real quick. I think you had one thing you wanted to mention about Genshin. Is that right? Yeah. So over the weekend, um, they came out with their 1.4 update announcement. So uh, in the next two weeks, there's going to be a whole bunch of more new stuff coming to Genshin, which... Um, I can't believe that they're still cranking <laughs> this stuff out. It's, it's yeah. insane. So, it's just crazy. So now they're going to be doing a festival in Mondstadt, um, just kind of like how they did with uh, the city of Liyue. So there's going to be a festival. There's going to be a bunch of mini games that they're going to add in for the festival, 
a lot of event stuff. Um, the only new characters that are coming out is there is a new four star character, Rosaria, and um, she's going to be on the next two banners, which are repeat banners for Venti and Child, which I'm excited about because I never got Child, so I'm going to try to get him this second time around. Um, but yeah, um, I don't want to go into too much detail because there's a lot. <laughs> and a lot of it I can't even remember off the top of my head. I just know there's like tons of mini games, tons of story stuff. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, if you are into the game, I recommend just checking out the trailer. Uh, and they have it posted up on YouTube. Um, but I'm really excited. And like I said, it should be out in like the next two weeks. Nice. I, I like I said, I'm just so surprised and really delighted that they keep just cranking this content out in yeah. such short notice and in a lot of ways it just looks like great quality content which is incredible because i feel as though there are a lot of studios that have trouble maintaining their level of content i guess i'll say <laughs> and they're they're keeping um, to their word too they said yeah. every six weeks there would be a new update and they've been holding to that and that's I, crazy. I'm glad it's been quality content as well, because like I, I would hate to be invested in a game where like they'll do an update, but it's just it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can be an MMO now in this space and not realize that you are competing against the quality content of Genshin Impact. Um, oh, I agree. Just, there's just no way like they're giving it away for free and they're doing a great job telling a cool story with awesome characters. So I just, how do you make an MMO now? I just, they're just doing such a great job. Well, I'm, I wonder if like, um, square notices this because like it, they, they have to, it's pulled me away from, from 14 and it takes a lot to do that. Cause I would play that game like every day and now I'm not really playing it as much. Wow. Yeah, no, I they have to take notice. I mean, it's really uh just eating right out of their food bowl here because the the characters look great, the stories are melodramatic and very Japanesey. Um giant world, cool magic. I just it's it hits all the square notes. It's yeah. just better <laughs> from what I can read and see. So, yeah. Well, cool. I don't really have any other news and and I think the only thing I wanted to mention, maybe we can talk about this next week, is how little news there is lately and how many projects seem to be really getting pushed back or taking the back burner, it seems like. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of games that are promised this year, and it seems like a lot of them are getting pushed back and pushed back. And I think that really this is COVID taking a lot of effect here where... I think the games we got at the end of last year and in the middle of last year, we're already on the table and almost done. And now mm -hmm. we're into the games that were clearly in the middle of development and now are just really taking a beating by the COVID that happened, you know, at the beginning of last year. So um, I won't say anything else about it because we should actually maybe someday talk about it or maybe next, next episode or something. But um, For yeah, sure. it's pretty interesting, pretty interesting how things are going. Well, speaking of, Final Fantasy. <laughs> As if we don't talk about Final Fantasy on this show enough. <laughs> yeah, so I guess one thing we wanted to talk about was, you know, what makes Final Fantasy Final Fantasy. Yeah, I feel like we talk a lot about it. 
and as I just said, and also that you often play Final Fantasies all the time, and I've played a lot of them. Yeah, um, not as many as you for sure, but um, so just why and how and what they are to start, and I think maybe it can be spun into a bigger conversation that we have listed here, but we'll see if we get there. So, uh, for me, like right away, I can tell you like what makes the final fantasy game final fantasy because okay there's certain elements that if you remove those from the game it just becomes a generic rpg okay um, i like this i like where this is going hit me so the, the main thing i think are probably the enemies and uh just the fact that there's like chocobos moogles um without those staples in the game that it's like it's a huge takeaway from it not being a final fantasy um, yeah, they definitely do give that feeling and look and tone mm-hmm. yeah. and vibe. And and when you spot them, you're like, okay, I, I know where I'm at. I yeah. know what this game is. <laughs> and that that would also include like the summons. Those are kind of like a Final Fantasy staple. Like they're in every Final Fantasy game. Um, so like Shiva, Ifrit, Ramu, like you have to have those. Otherwise, you know, no summons. That's not Final Fantasy. Unless it's like Mystic Quest, but I don't even I don't even know if that had summons in it. But Square doesn't even like want to let people know about Mystic Quest. I don't know why. Um, I think that was an accidental rental in my first foray into a Square game. <laughs> if I if memory serves, if I'm thinking of the right game, I'm thinking of the guy in the the mountain on the cover. Yeah, you know, holding up the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I accidentally rented that rented that as a kid and didn't understand. That was at the time when I didn't play or understand what RPGs were, especially JRPGs. And um, I remember starting it up and just being like, I don't understand any of this, and just couldn't figure it out. And definitely went back that same day. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people so, yeah. didn't like that game. Um, and I don't know, that might be a good example. Maybe that game just isn't very Final Fantasy. Um, yeah. Another thing I think, too, that makes Final Fantasy what it is, is uh, usually the class system. So a lot of the, the job classes, like White Mage, Black Mage, Summoner, uh, you know, those those are kind of staples for Final Fantasy, and they've been somehow represented in uh the game since day one uh which that also would encompass the various spells in the game like cure and and protect shell those kind of things Um, yeah i'd say the spells have more stayed rather than the classes mm -hmm. i think you know final fantasy 14 well in 11 they brought back the classes and in a really big and real way Um, but I I feel like they really tried to subvert that for a while on and off. Yeah. Uh, I think the whole class system, like after Final Fantasy three or five, I guess you could say too, um, the whole class system, they tried to lean away from and just keep it like character based. Um, the characters still had classes to them. They, they were just kind of like not talked about. Um, yeah. But yeah, the spells for sure. I think if you take any of those elements away, I think that, like I said, it just becomes generic. I think the the best example that I can think of uh, is Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. That movie basically oh used... It didn't use <laughs> any elements from a Final Fantasy game, really. Um, no, it certainly did not use they, any They literally elements. just slapped final fantasy into the title and i think that's a great example of 
how when you don't have those elements, it's not really a Final Fantasy game. It's just, you know, a generic story. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a great example of a really crappy movie. Um, <laughs> and the one that uh, my friends always use to troll me about Final Fantasy, they're like, oh, yeah, the best Final Fantasy game certainly mm. was The Spirits Within. I'm like, that's not even a game. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. Ugh, terrible, terrible. Um, yeah, I agree with those points, I think, for the most part. Um, really, on the whole, really, I think the spells are huge. Mm-hmm. I think the spells are huge. The items are also really huge. Yes, like, yes They yes. always have the same item names, which yeah. I really appreciate and love. Phoenix Downs and, yeah, high potions. Potions and elixirs and um, Mega yeah, elixirs. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Tents. Um, tents and w- wasn't there a log cabin in one of them? Co- I can't even remember. Cottage, cottages. Cottages, which, yes. Which to this day, I still don't understand <laughs> the difference because there are some Final Fantasy games that have both tents both, and cottages. Yeah. And I can't tell like one does that the other doesn't. I thought the, the tent... Didn't the tent restore your characters to like half HP and the cottage was full? No. Hmm. They um, both they yeah. both put you at full. I don't know what the cottage does. I really don't. <laughs> it just co- it well, costs anyway. more money. <laughs> um oh goodness, Final Fantasy. Yeah, so I think what's interesting, and maybe this is where we can start spinning it into a wider conversation, and kind of what we were mentioning before. Was that it used to mean a certain thing about how the game played, um, whether that be turn-based or time-based battle turns and um, stuff like that. And now I think that they, as we have mentioned before, have been really shifting into this Mm -hmm. uh, action RPG or open-world action RPG style of game. Well, really... I feel as though ever since they had success with Kingdom Hearts, they've been pushing Final Fantasy towards Kingdom Hearts, the way Kingdom Hearts plays. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which, you know, depending on which side you're on, which there's no real sides in my mind, but a lot of people feel very strongly that that's not Final Fantasy to them. And that ruins it, which I disagree with, but I can understand how it might seem foreign and different and uh, why you might reject it. Well, I Not mean, that I agree with rejecting it, but why you might. Well, I mean, like, if you take Final Fantasy Tactics, for example, it's a completely different gameplay style, but I still... 100%. I still consider it Final Fantasy because it has all those things in it. It has the monsters, the spells, the items, the job classes uh, that make it Final Fantasy. So, to me, it's... I agree. I think it's a great example, though, that you bring up because... It really steps into a whole different genre mm-hmm. of RPG. Yeah. And yet it still feels very Final Fantasy. But I think the reason, and so, you know, you brought up all the reasons the items, the chocobos, the mogs, the moogles, I should say. Um, <laughs> or or uh, Shiva. You can't have Final sh- Fantasy without the Shiva. The summons. Yeah. The summons. But I think because it's still turn based, it's still, at the time, felt like all the other games even though it was a different genre because it's really yeah. a tactical rpg it still was turn-based and felt very rpg and menu based and all that stuff yeah i suppose but i don't know it, i guess i'm looking at it from the aspect of both old and new and regardless of like style of gameplay i still consider 
Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy based on those things. Yeah. No, I think that's the right call is to, and that's what they want and, and why they will always do it the way they do. You know, each Final Fantasy supposedly game is to its own. And yet the things that really tie them together in an abstract way are these items and spells and, you know, the way it feels to use summons and that, that kind of stuff is what ties their games together, gives them that tone and feel and and just, you know, makes you feel like you're having a Final Fantasy experience. That said, I think the change that they've had over the last, I don't know, 10 years in the games that they've made, or maybe even more, has really been interesting to watch the progression, um, as we mentioned before. And maybe there's a financial reason, maybe there's not. I don't know. You know, I don't work there. But it is really interesting to see them tackle a different style of game as they've been moving forward and the progression leading up to that new style they're trying to tackle. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, too, an, a good example, like Final Fantasy 16. We don't really know too much about it, um, but like just from watching the trailer and everything, like I, I totally got Final Fantasy vibes from it. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting as well. I think for me, my first real Final Fantasy game that I remember sitting down and playing as like, I'm going to play a Final Fantasy, as we've said many times, was seven. Mm-hmm. Seven was my first Final Fantasy that I my, mine too. received. Yeah. And so Final Fantasy to me always meant something different than I think to a lot of people who played them before seven. Um, to a lot of people before that, who played them before that, I should say, th- <sighs> Final Fantasy was a very fantasy-based, hence the name, fantasy-based game where it was, you know, wizards and, and, and you know, they're not called wizards really, but wizards and <laughs> <laughs> wizards and, and swords and axes and monsters and um, dungeons. That was very much Final Fantasy. And, and what's interesting is that Square was aping, Square Soft at the time, aping Western RPGs mm-hmm. um, because they saw something they liked and not even just western computer rpgs but also western tabletop rpgs Mm -hmm. um but when i got into it it was seven which was very uh, i guess you could say steampunky but also very much like you know future fantasy or fantasy sci fantasy i should say yeah and and lots of science fiction built into it and so that was one thing i absolutely loved about final fantasy seven and um uh I think they've included it in several of the games afterwards, which I appreciate. But that, to me, meant Final Fantasy. And going back to the older games always felt a little bit more foreign, where it was like, okay, this is very fantasy. (laughs) Which I love fantasy, but it also didn't feel as Final Fantasy as maybe some of the later games. See, I don't know, because I actually had the opposite effect. So Final Fantasy VII was, was my first Final Fantasy as well. Um, and then from that, after beating that, you know, I played eight and I played nine. Um, and then I kind of wanted to go back and play the other ones cause I enjoyed, you know, these ones so much. And when I went back to play the old ones, I would be like, oh, Hey, they've got chocobos and, oh, they've <laughs> got, you know, summons and they've got the cure spell and everything. So for me, it was kind of like, you know noticing all these things um that carried over like even the uh the fanfare music when you would 
when you'd beat, oh, a, yes. uh, beat a battle. Um, when I heard that in the older games, my response was, oh, it's the same thing from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> you know, even though it had come way before. But, uh, you know, in my mind, like, it's like, oh, they they stole it from Seven, <laughs> Even though they're, you know, from the same franchise. But even like the... Um, the ending credits, uh, the music, there, there's a musical score that usually plays at the end of all the Final Fantasy games, and it's usually that same theme um, that they play at the very end in the credits. And, yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting that, you know, it was in all the previous games as well as in 7. Um, so for me, it was kind of like taking a, a nostalgia trip, um, playing the older ones, but reminiscing about the first one I played, which was 7. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I think what really solidified it, you mentioned it before, 7 and then 8 very much had the same, you know, mm-hmm. it, it it was a different world, of course, and different yeah. look and feel, but had the same, you know, futuristic science fiction based fantasy. Right. And then I remember when 9 came out, I was so baffled by it because... <laughs> Nine was like, oh, it's a return back to their roots. And I'm like, this just doesn't look like a Final Fantasy to me. You know, Final Fantasy had become, uh, with the exception of, you know, the map-based polygon characters that certain people hate about Final Fantasy VII on the map, um, was about uh, serious-looking, human-shaped characters running around in a serious world with the occasional funny jokes from Chocobos and Moogles. Um, and nine came out as like, it's a return to the roots. And I'm like, what roots are they even referring to? Like, <laughs> and now I know, of course, like, you know, even just down to the character sprites, not sprites, cause they weren't sprites, but like 3d renders of things that were supposed to reminisce to sprites. Um, and you know, the, the goofiness and the, the fantasy based world. And, um, to me, it, it was lost. It was not nostalgic at all because I hadn't played any of the previous games before seven. It was just like, this is weird. <laughs> and it didn't grab me at the time, which I've mentioned before. I know it's probably the, one of the most, if not the most highly regarded final fantasy titles. And for me, it did not grab me at the time. Um, actually 10 after it really grabbed me and I know it didn't really grab you, but 10 was like huge for me because of the voice acting and the, again, very science fiction f- fantasy that it was. So it's just interesting to see the progression as different people jumped into the series. So for, for nine, for me, I have more of an appreciation for it now. Um, just yes, because me too, for sure. I know the story now behind it where, um, nine was basically uh, the lead game designer for Final Fantasy at the time, that was going to be his last Final Fantasy game. So to make it like his last hurrah, he wanted to include all the elements from like all the previous games, like all rolled into one. And, you know, a, a large majority of the ones that he worked on were from, you know, the 80s and early, right. early 90s. So um, he kind of incorporated a lot of that into 9, just as his like final farewell. So, um, because of that, like now I understand why nine is the way it is and just makes me have a little bit more respect for it. Um, like the same thing with 10 though, when I first played that game, like I didn't really think much of it. I didn't really like it. Um, I didn't like the characters. 
like I didn't like Titus. I didn't like Waka. I didn't like Kamari. Um, you know, I just, I kind of sloughed it off, but, uh, like as I got older, um, and because I would listen to the, even though I hated the game, I would listen to the <laughs> soundtrack like all the time. It's like one of my favorite, uh, soundtracks from final fantasy is 10 like i just love the music and it's game. great it's so good yeah um but then yeah as i got older like i started to appreciate 10 a lot more and you know going back to it um like now i know why ever like a lot of people liked 10 and now it makes sense to me i was just being stuck up at the time um so I think that was more of my nine experience, Final Fantasy nine. Like now yeah. I go back and I play it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this should have been a game that I loved. This should have been a game that I grabbed onto right away and just played the crap out of. Um, and part of it was really how closely it was released to 10 or I guess I should say how closely 10 was released to nine. I, I remember getting nine finally and having it for, you know, a couple months and then uh, 10 was right on the horizon. I mean, it was being reported in all the magazines even before I think nine was even released. Mm -hmm. And then nine came out and I, I had it and then 10 came out and I just put nine down and played 10. Um, I had the opposite reaction to 10. As I mentioned, I, I love the characters. I still do not as much as seven, you know, seven will always yeah. be. Yeah, for one. sure. You know, of course. But the characters, <laughs> I loved Yuna. I loved Titus in a lot of ways, as goofy as he was. I love Riku. She's so funny. Um, and then some other characters, which I won't mention who and why. L Lulu? And then, Lulu? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from that. Yeah, Lulu was my favorite <laughs> Lulu character, is awesome. too. <laughs> um, not just because of the obvious <laughs> looks about her. I mean, she looks like a bondage character. But still, I think she also is an incredibly strong woman. And yeah. I, I always gravitate to, I mean, Tifa, hello. I always gravitate to strong women who can take care of, you know, business and really just lead the way. And... And she is no exception. She's so cool. And the mage, the major mage of the game, um, fantastic. So anyway, 10 really grabbed me. And 10 also really grabbed me because I had played through as many as you had at the time, you know, 7, 8, and 9. And 10 was like, there's a voice acting? Yeah. What? Right. How did they do this? Yeah. So that really just really grabbed me at that time. Yeah, I was excited for that, too. Um, I think as we get older, though, I think... We have more of an open mind towards some of these games where Yeah, I agree. Like when we're younger, we're just like, Yeah, this isn't this isn't Final Fantasy. I don't like this. <laughs> but uh Yeah, yeah, for sure. I still don't like Waka to this day. I can't stand Oh, he's it. terrible. He's the Jar Jar Binks of Final Fantasy <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. I mean he and he just the even the way he talks, I mean the the voice actor really put his all into it and I can't stand it. It's so bad. It hurts. It hurts so bad. Yeah, I, I I love him in Kingdom Hearts, like Young Waka, just because you can, he can beat the crap out of him with the stick. <laughs> I did yeah. that for like a few hours, just you know, just because I wanted to let out my frustration. <laughs> oh well, I love Final Fantasy games. Um, I haven't played as many as you have. I definitely have not completed as many as you have. I I beat seven and eight. And then I don't remember eight almost at all. Like wow. I, I went back and played it a little bit here and there and I bought it again on the switch and played through some of it. Um, but once I get to like, I think the disc two, I mm -hmm. really don't remember much about it. 
um, other than to say it was so convoluted, the story, that I remember being like so lost in some ways and just being like, what is going on? <laughs> what, um, should I even be caring about what's happening here? Because I don't. Um, eight, eight can and, be and confusing. It, it's a testament to that game and Final Fantasy that I played it anyways. I, I love the battles and I always have loved the battles of Final Fantasy. And I think that's why, again, 10 really grabbed me. I loved the turn-based battles and combat in that game. So um, it can be enough for the battles to be decent or even you know, decent or good for me to really latch on to a Final Fantasy game for sure. Yeah, 7 and 8, um, I played multiple times just because like, I played them on the PlayStation. And yeah. then uh, they came out for PC, and I played those versions as well. Um, wow. And I liked the PC version of eight because it also came with the um, the little Chocobo game that uh, in Japan you could play on the the pocket PlayStation thing. Um, it was oh yeah, like, I forgot about like the that. the predecessor to what Dreamcast had um, that little <laughs> thing that would plug into the controller. Um, yeah, they had something like that for the PlayStation in Japan, and there was. Um, a little chocobo game that you could play on it and it was almost like a tamagotchi type thing and uh, as you went on adventures with your little chocobo in that game you would get items and sometimes even summons that you could carry over into uh, eight when you connected it to the game um, so in the playstation version that the u.s got we're actually missing a summon that um you, you could only get from playing that little mini game uh, huh. Which I found interesting. It's not a very that good really summon, but, but still. Um, I liked 8. Um, 8, for me, like, I know the story can get confusing. Uh, it's just you have to wrap your head around time travel, pretty much, uh, in order to understand the whole concept with the sorcerer and everything. But, well, then, you know, the the double whammy, I'm guessing, spoiler it here. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's been out for a while. Skip and... ahead. Uh, the double whammy with, you know, the sources not really being the main villain that it's like, where did this come from? How does this even relate? What's happening? It's, it was all. It's messy. funny because like that shocked me when I played eight because, you know, I hadn't played any other Final Fantasies. But yeah. if you go back and play a lot of the old Final Fantasies, it happens quite frequently in a lot of yes. the older games. Yes, that makes sense. But. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I I remember 8 being pretty good, but not like, I don't remember like la la latching onto it like I did with 7. I, You know, you mentioned playing both several times. I played 7 over and over and over again. I mm -hmm. love that game, as you know, and as I've said way too many times. But 8, I played through the one time and I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need to come back to this. <laughs> oh, it's too bad. So, yeah. Um, so I've I've played... All the Final Fantasy games ex and finish them except for 2, 12, which I'm working on, and 13. I just, wow. I, could, I couldn't get through 13. Yeah, well, with good reason. I mean, it's, I, I've mentioned that I have played through quite a bit of it. I also have not beaten it, but um, I like it, but it's not a good game. I will say that every single time. It is not a good game in any way, shape, or stretch of the imagination. It's not a good game. It's, and, 
not a good game. It's not a good story. It's not a good battle system. Right. <laughs> it's just nothing about it except certain little aspects that I enjoy are, you know, really good. So. And then, like, yeah. I, I think, too, in, in 7, what, doesn't Snow become, like, the villain or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. He, and he's, I, he's not an interesting character at no, all. No, he's not. He's so paper thin. So many of them are. Really, even, you know, Lightning is super paper thin. I know. Um, I just liked her. They were trying so. to make her, like, a female cloud, but yeah. they failed. Yeah. So, um, do you think that Final Fantasy has lost something in not being... A menu-based combat system. I say menu-based because you can't really say turn-based. Like, there's so much surrounding the different types of battle systems they've used. No, it's, I, you can't really say turn-based per se. See, for me, I I like the way that they evolved um, over time. I can respect that. Um, you know, as a game developer, if they had stayed turn-based like up until now. I, I don't think that franchise would have survived like a, a lot of games. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. Like a lot of those have games they, had to adapt. Have they lost something for you in changing over to this new way of doing things? I I don't think so because for me, it's, it's the fundamental part of Final Fantasy has always been like the story. And uh, that's what grabbed me in, in the beginning with seven was the story. It, wasn't so much the gameplay, which I, I, I love the battle system in, in 7, but uh, it was the story that grabbed me in. And with other Final Fantasy games that I played, was the story. Uh, a good example where it didn't grab me in is, is Final Fantasy 2, where the entire game is pretty <laughs> much like a battle system. And yeah. like, I can't, I can't get into that game because the story just doesn't pull me in and I have no desire to to play that like if i ever um you know go to go to hell or whatever and i'm gonna be served my punishment it's probably gonna be final fantasy 2 and i have to play that for like all eternity <laughs> enjoy no. for eternity no. and it's like no no um, i don't want to level up each stat individually forever <laughs> yeah thanks to your descriptions of that game i will probably buy it to just have it in the digital collection <laughs> And maybe fire it up just to see what it is and then never play it again because I there's no way. You, you I mean should. I can't even I I, I, I want you to play it just to so oh, you I will can ex- play it. I want you to experience what I experienced. <laughs> Let's see if see if it was just me or if it's you know, if you notice it too. I have no, it's not. There's no way that that many people have complained about exactly what you complained about and it's not you know, there's just no way. Um Yeah, I for my part, I agree with you. For me, Final Fantasy, you know, we've, just to bring it back around, maybe to wrap up here, we've been mentioning all the different aspects of what makes a Final Fantasy a Final Fantasy. And for me, the biggest, the biggest thing that makes a Final Fantasy game a Final Fantasy game is the story and the characters. Those two things really, I don't know, really shape what I think of as a Final Fantasy game. And of course, you can't nail it down to any one aspect of story or characters, just that those play a major role in the game itself. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's why I always come back and why I've always loved that as a franchise. And the games that don't grab me are the ones that the story and characters just don't grab me. Um, And so I guess what I'm trying to say (laughs) 
is even though they are very different now in a lot of ways, and maybe someday they'll go back and, you know, have a turn-based game that they bring out again someday. Um, oh, they they will. Even, it, it's they will. Yeah. Final Fantasy Seven no Ever Crisis. Oh, right. Yes, of course. But even, even if they do, and they are, um, I don't know. It's not about the battle system. As long as it's enjoyable to play, it's, it's the story and characters. And that's what, as you said, grabbed me about seven. Seven, I don't know. It was right time, right place for me. Um, I was a teenager. Uh, I was coming of age in a story and game where it was about coming of age in some ways, not truly of age, but where cloud was wrestling with mental illness and a lot of depression and stuff like that. And it just fit at the right time. And that, Mm -hmm. that story just grabbed me in so many ways and was so complicated compared to every other video game I had ever played and was just like nothing I had ever seen or done before. And um, to this day, obviously it has left a major mark, but that said, not all of them have done that. But all of them have been about the story and characters, and I will never say that the battle systems took a backseat to that, because they didn't. But what I will say is, I think in the older games, I think that they did the best they could with what they had. And what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is that they were turn-based and acted that way, it feels like, not necessarily because that's exactly what they wanted, which, you know, they perfected it and did such a great job with it over time. But I think that it was the only way to have that large of a game and span that much story and that much emotion while still having a game. In other words, I mean that the turn-based battle system and the menu-based systems were a way where they could have interesting, useful battles without having to have like an analog character that you move around and like attack all these different things. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I haven't fully formed this thought, but it feels like an abstraction of what they are now building today, where if they had the means and resources and hardware of today back then, maybe they could have made the same kind of games. I don't know. Well, I think I think something that's interesting with the older games is the way that they tell the story. Um, I always loved the quirkiness where they would actually do emotes with the sprite characters or yeah like, they you know, did do that. <laughs> they would like jump in surprise or like make funny faces I, I loved that um and i think that was something that they kind of inspired other jrpg developers to do with their games um and uh, to piggyback off that even with their mmos uh like they were the first mmo that i played where they included story and cutscenes in the MMO game, which I had never seen before. Like 11. Well, that was a huge deal when they did that. Yeah. 11 did that with, um, you know, adding cutscenes, and the story, uh, was just very enveloping. Um, and then you can kind of see that with, uh, I know that when they made the MMO, when they made the MMO for, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, they kind of took on that same aspect where they would have cutscenes and story, uh, in the MMO as well, even though that one, that MMO wasn't as successful, but, um, yeah, yeah. uh, I, I don't, I don't really know of any other MMOs aside from those in 14, um, that have really incorporated that, which just, just that alone has always intrigued me. Well, there really wasn't any that did that. I mean, no, you usually just would read like 
read like a page of text for yeah, your quests exactly. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them had cutscenes, you know, to start the game before the title. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a big claim to fame for them when they brought that game first out and you know was like wow there are cutscenes in the store and story in the middle of yeah. the game that you're playing and it's an mmo or they nuts and at the time it felt like they were because the game wasn't great from what i understand but they have built it <laughs> with bloody hands you know well that's why <laughs> from I the played... ground up and that's made it why... amazing from what i understand that's why i played 11 over wow because um like with 11 i could get actual story with the quests i was doing even if they were fetch quests they still had some kind of like backstory to them whereas in wow like yeah i would get that story but it it would just be like a page of text that i I would read through and i didn't feel as as involved in what i was doing as i did with 11 um but yeah for sure yeah, it was very a lot of reading for sure in WoW to start out. And I think they have now been forced to change and embrace what 14 has done, Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 14, because yeah. of 14. You know, 14 has really pushed that whole genre forward um, in a good way, in a lot of good ways. Um, so that's good. I, they're definitely doing a lot of what Final Fantasy 14 is doing. So, yes. But yeah. yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know if I will ever really tire of Final Fantasies, especially now that they are entering the genre that I can't seem to stop playing for some reason. Um, you know, <laughs> tire of Final Fantasy. That's never going to happen for me. No, nah. no, you like breathe and bleed the stuff. Um, but for me, like, I don't know. I think I was mentioning something to, of this to you at the beginning of the show before we started recording, but you know, JRPGs just don't have the same draw. They have to be really amazing for me to really jump into them. And, you know, 7 Remake was huge mm-hmm. because it's 7. And as I have said way too many times, 7 means so much. But uh, JRPGs, the way that I think of them, <laughs> um, just, I don't know. <sighs> I had this problem with anime for a while, and I don't want to open a new topic because really we should wrap up. So let's let's bring it back around. But uh, just to say one last thing, I had a problem with anime for a while too, where I couldn't get back into anime for a long time, and I really haven't in the biggest way possible that I used to, mm-hmm. um, because the stories are so melodramatic and so over the top sometimes for me that I just can't I can't bring myself to get into. I think that when I was really into them. I was a younger person. I <laughs> was really a teenager and open to and enjoying stories that were like that. And now as an adult, I'm like, that that would never happen. Or you would never want to do that. Or she shouldn't have she should just talk to him. Why shouldn't why isn't she just talking to him? Um and I, I feel that way about JRPGs too, where sometimes it's just too much. It's over the top. It the story takes on this like ridiculous sense um and and i can enjoy it more i think as time has gone on i've come to really appreciate it again but it's definitely not something that i seek out as much as i used to you should try watching like slice of life animes i don't think that i will like that at all (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying because if you're tired of like the melodramatic stuff like if you just want something chill uh yeah Slice no, see, that's not go. what I mean. Okay, hold on. I got to <laughs> clarify now. Okay, okay. <laughs> and now I swore. Uh, 
so I am writing this down that I swore um, and in the wrong spot. So I don't mean, <laughs> I don't mean melodramatic. <clears throat> how do I put this? Um, I like over the top action. I love that. Action to me is really important. But when we're talking about emotions and uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. How do I put this? I, I don't see. I don't like slice of life, you know, typical TV shows. I can't stand that. I want to <laughs> I want to be either in science fiction or fantasy. You know, that's my that's my go to. So if you have me in like a contemporary era, I, I'm, I'm lost. I'm like, no, I, I mean, it has to be really good, you know, or something's different about it. You know, something supernatural or different or interesting or um, uh, but yeah. I don't know. I just think it's funny you say all this because like <laughs> anime anime now is like so much better. Like there there's more good anime out now than like when we were younger and we had to like oh, 100% and, agree with you. You have to pick and choose which was good. Like now, like 100% just, agree with you. There's too much good stuff. Like I can't keep track of it all. Well, so when I stepped away from anime, and again, this is an old topic, uh, when I stepped away from anime, it I think really was I had lost interest in what it used to be. Mm -hmm. And that had just carried over in my mind for a long time. And now as I'm discovering newer animes, you know, some of that storytelling where they are over the top emotional craziness is still there in the DNA in a lot of ways, but mm -hmm. they're telling deeper or more interesting or um, more adult stories. And that's, I'm starting to get into the newer anime where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this is awesome. This is totally different. And I feel as though that they are using new tropes in anime that they didn't used to use. I feel as though there were a lot of anime shows or movies that were very much the same with just different characters. And now they're, I feel as though they're really turning it on its head and telling different stories in different ways. And um, yeah. I really applaud them for that. And I think that there's a lot of TV shows that have trouble with that, even in just, you know, America. <laughs> and ja the Japanese ones are really, you know, trying new and different and better things. So, yeah. I also think we went off on a completely different tangent. Just we did. What are we talking about? <laughs> Here we are. Well, maybe that's a sign to maybe yeah. bring it back to where we um, normally end up here, and that is the recommendation roundup. Yeehaw! <laughs> Yeehaw! Uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna. Speaking of anime, this is gonna turn into like the uh, Space Cowboy thing, <laughs> where they would always watch the As it uh, should be. like the news, and it was the two like cowboy newscasters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I I fully support this for sure. <laughs> we should do that. Uh, well, I started the games, so why don't you tell okay. us your recommendation this week? My recommendation this week is probably something everybody's already watched. Um, it, it just well, they're finished, at least talking about it for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it just finished its series finale, uh, so yeah, it was only one season long, and that is WandaVision. Um, and I'm not saying one division, Wanda Vision, as in <laughs> with Wanda, a W, yeah, as in Wanda and the Vision from. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, so this is a show that came out, I think it was, I think it's been two months. Um, it's been like for a good eight weeks, I want to say. Uh, but I've been watching it every Friday. Um, it's based off the Scarlet Witch and the Vision from this, the 
comic series and from the the movies um i don't want to say too much to spoil it but uh it's been it's been an experience because it it starts off like really unexpected um it plays like a sitcom uh which i enjoyed because like i grew up with sitcoms just like majority of people um so it was it was fun to watch and i don't think that's true anymore go on well i mean yeah today (laughs) sitcoms are a lot different but i still think people watch them like the office is considered a sitcom um that's true but we won't go on the tangent there (laughs) we'll we'll stay on track um (laughs) but yeah so uh it it starts off where like you're watching uh, a tv show of these these two superheroes and of course, eventually, as the show goes on, um, you kind of get more and more hints as to what's going on. Uh, the thing I like about it, too, is there are tons and tons of Easter eggs in this show. So if you're if you're watching it, um, I also recommend after each episode uh, to watch like one of the Easter egg videos on YouTube. The one I was watching was uh, from a guy called Screen Crush, uh, who he I think he did a really good job kind of capturing all the hidden things in all the episodes and it just makes you appreciate the amount of detail that they would put into the show even down to like the shapes that they would use um and like for example this isn't really spoiling anything uh the show uses hexagon shapes for like a lot of things in the show uh even very little things and then he pointed out if you go back to like all the Marvel movies, that hexagon shape plays like a like important minor role in like a lot of the background stuff that you don't even notice, um, but it's there. And it, I just find that kind of stuff interesting that those tiny details just carried through all of their movies um, to like play some important role later on that you had no idea was even happening. But, That's super cool. Yeah, it's on Netflix, um, and the series is done. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend checking it out because it does eventually lead up to uh, the new Doctor Strange movie that they're going to be coming out with. So I'm sorry, nice. it's not on Netflix. It's I on, was going to say, is it on it, Netflix no, too? It's on Disney Plus, <laughs> <laughs> which these days really feels like Netflix. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Each couple months or every couple months, there's another Disney Plus or show, TV show that everyone's tuning into. I think they're doing a pretty good job of keeping interest, which is interesting to me, too. So, yeah, Loki is going to be the next uh, series that's coming out, which that looks oh, interesting. Nice. That's super interesting. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched this one, but I definitely want to. And it's on my list. So. Um, it was interesting to see a lot of the reactions as the show progressed and mm-hmm. on the outside of not watching it and sitting and thinking like, oh, this will be interesting to watch. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, mine is a show on Netflix. <laughs> you sure? It's not Hulu? I, I think so. Let me check. Hold on. Let me look yeah, this up. No, no, it um, is. It is. Uh, uh, so anyway, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> distracted. Um. It's called Age of the Samurai Battle for Japan. Should I should I say the colon in the middle? Age of the Samurai colon Battle for Japan. It's a Netflix documentary series, and it's fantastic. Um, I'm only on episode three, but it's so good. It's just really well done. And, um, of course, 
you know, it's not, it's not like they made it up. There's a lot of, you know, historical facts in here that they are, you know, talking about. And, and some of it, they're, um, you know, maybe projecting what they think might have happened, but a lot of it is historical fact. So it's really interesting to not only see how bloody Japan was at this time that they're discussing, but also the actors and actresses in this gigantic bloody play that happened over, you know, I don't know, a century or two. <laughs> um, and just watching what happened and how the country has been shaped even to this day from the things that have happened. Um, so pretty amazing story of the samurai and the not samurai <laughs> and the various things that they did and didn't do um, and the disputes and, you know, trying to unify Japan and all that stuff, just really, really interesting stuff. So um, highly recommend, I think probably not the first person saying anything about it, but uh, definitely not the last. It is, it is really good, really well done. Again, Age of the Samurai, Battle for Japan is um, really good on Netflix, so check it out. So It's only six episodes anyway. How did you hear about this? I heard about it from lots of friends all at the same time. So oh, you told me about it. Yeah, I did. But actually, my friend Hans told me about it before that, and oh, actually somebody before oh, okay. him too. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just, um, I finished it today. and Oh, nice. All I'll say is uh, Masamune is like the coolest samurai. Yeah. For sure. I, don't, I haven't even gotten to that part. And uh, I've read a lot about him. And yes, for sure. Um, and of course, everybody knows that I am into the idea of samurai and reading about Bushido and all the different things that they did over many millennia. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> um, so, of course, many people reached out to me and said, you have to watch this show immediately. Yeah. Said, okay. One thing I found interesting that I didn't know is um like samurai used to not be considered like um what's the word i'm looking for like to be a, if you were a samurai like way way back in the day um you you weren't considered uh strong um you were basically like i don't know a peon um yeah it was like a negative connotation yeah, and right. negative status yeah negative status sure. that's that's what i was looking for yeah, like people didn't really look up to those who were samurai. Whereas, like later on, like then it became like a very honorable um, position to hold, which I thought that was pretty interesting. It um, is because they went from you know the lowest of the low, mm -hmm. where it was a, a poor thing to say about somebody, to the fighting elite who right. held lands and titles, and um, yeah, I mean they went from basically, I don't know gutter trash to yeah. <laughs> the knights yeah. of japan so, yeah 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 it's a good way to put it um did you get to the the part about the the ninja i did yes uh, yes i, I, I did that, i thought that was, it so, was cool. so cool yeah super yeah. interesting for so sure. much uh so much mysticism and myth surrounds ninja mm -hmm. and where they came from and who they were and um i i find it interesting as we discuss and uncover more things about them who who they really were and what they really did um is super interesting because there's so many myths that have been said about them in western culture mm -hmm. um and what they are and that it's like that's that wasn't them <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i think at this point ed i'm done talking to you oh you snuck it in yeah i think i'm a sneak I think attack I'm done talking to ambush. you ambush 
All right. Uh, Sounds good. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite.